Hello, everyone, and welcome to Well Season 3. I'm Tracy Fredkin, and this is Episode 2, Five Things with Angel Ali of Ali Optimal Wellness. Welcome. How are you today? Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great today. And what about you? Um, I'm good as well. Thanks for asking. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Um, but we want to get started. Just if you can give us like a short introduction about yourself, a little bit about your practice, um, and so we can just get to know you better as a starting place. Sure. So my name is Angela Lee, and I'm a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist here in West LA. I've had my acupuncture license for 30 years now. I've been in this business from the early, early days. And like my clinic is Ali Optimal Wellness. I treat a lot of chronic and complex health problems. And my practice is very different because I actually custom make herbal formulas for my patients. I have an herbal pharmacy with over 300 individual herbs. And so I don't hand my patients something already made up in a box. I custom make herbal formulas for my patients. And it's been very rewarding to see how people's lives are changed when you improve their health. Wow, that's interesting. It's a very different practice. I do some acupuncture as well, but I would say 80% of my practice is definitely making uh, custom herbal formulas for people. And so that's based on like, talk a little bit about like, how do you decide what somebody, what you make for somebody, I guess, like, what is that process when someone comes to you? Yeah. So it is a very interesting process. I worked with somebody named Dr. Matt Van Van Scoten. He was actually one of the first acupuncturists in Los Angeles. And he came up with a system and I was lucky enough to be one of his few associates that did his system, was trained in how he worked, the system he came up with. And so that's, that testing system is what allows me to test exactly which herbs are going to help the person in front of me. So it's a, a testing system that I use to read what's going on in the body and then custom make the herbal formula from there. Interesting. Okay. So, and then do you pair that then to acupuncture and other things? Is that sort of like, that is one piece of, you know, how big of a piece, I guess, is that in terms of helping people with these various conditions? So it's a big piece. I do talk to all my patients about their diet though, because I do treat chronic and complicated health problems and diet is always a factor. So I talk to my patients about their diet so they can make steps to help themselves. Um, the herbal formulas are a huge part of this healing process. Mm -hmm. And some of the patients, yes, they get acupuncture also. I would say a lot of the patients that get acupuncture are patients that have anxiety, depression, insomnia, hormonal problems, infertility, migraines. My People that suffer migraines respond great to herbs and acupuncture both. And acupuncture, we usually don't even have to do it for too many treatments. Once they're on the herbs, it's really the herbs that are changing the internal problem that's creating the migraines. So I would say, you know, the herbs are really the bulk of it, but dietary changes are hugely important. And then yes, some people I do acupuncture on for a short period of time as well. Well, and interestingly, you sort of started to bring up diet. And one of the things we were going to talk about today is your book, right? You have a book called Mostly, Ve Mostly Vegan, The Science Behind Why You Should Eat More Veggies. So I'm assuming that's tied to uh, diet and nutrition and, you know, your research there. Oh, completely. 
Yeah. So it is a book. It's on Amazon. It's called Mostly Vegan, The Science Behind Why You Should Eat More Veggies. And it really is based on scientific studies. It references over 400 scientific studies. I must have read over a thousand scientific studies. And then, of course, took the, the top ones that I thought were perfect for the book. And the reason I wrote this book is, I mean, first, it is definitely based on my practice, um, my practice of very hands-on with my patients, making their herbs, testing these herbs work for them, and having them make those dietary changes. So I saw firsthand experience how making those dietary changes, putting patients on herbs, how this changed health and improved health problems. And so from this very hands-on experience as my base, I just continue to do more research into Western medicine and studies, which is actually what I do a lot of anyway, even before I was researching for this book, because my practice is very Western based. I really straddle the two worlds of Western medicine and Eastern medicine. I have Eastern medicine as my basis from acupuncture college. So I understand everything about the chi and the blood and the yin and the yang. But I approach everything from a Western standpoint who has bacterial problems, fungal problems, viral problems. Oh, this person has autoimmune problems. I treat a lot of people with autoimmune problems. So from all these years of experience, that's what brought me to do the research and write this book because I can see how people's lives and their health change when you change your lifestyle and you put them on herbs. And I, I do hear from a lot of patients about their diets and I don't hear a lot of people eating vegetables. And I will tell you, I even had someone sit in front of me one time and say she was a vegan. And so when I was going over her diet with her, I, I, I wasn't hearing her mention eating any vegetables. So I said to her literally, okay, well, where are the vegetables? I don't hear vegetables. She goes, oh, I don't eat any. She eats a lot. She, you know, other foods that were vegan, but not vegetables. So I found it interesting. But from researching this book, it is amazing what vegetables do for us. And I've always believed in vegetables, brought up my kids eating a lot of vegetables. But the research showing that the phytonutrients, which are the nutrients in plants, what these do for our bodies, our cells need these phytonutrients to function optimally. Um, all these plants have high levels of antioxidants in them, which is going to protect you from free radical damage, which is going to protect the cells and protect the DNA from damage because the more damage to the cells and more oxidation and damage to the DNA, that increases a risk of cancers. And the higher a person's intake is of plants and vegetables, the less oxidation they have, free radicals, less damage to the DNA, and they live longer, they live healthier, um, along with the fact that it affects how you age. I mean, there's literally a chapter, um, it's very early in the book, about how do you want to age, because your lifestyle affects how you age. And the things that cause us to age, which is oxidation and inflammation, those are the same two factors that cause disease. And so many health problems really can be prevented by making healthier lifestyle choices like incorporating more vegetables into your diet. In fact, there have been studies, there was a study in 2013 where a group of doctors and researchers saw that the greatest risk to the health of Americans is their diet, their diet and their inability, their inactivity. And that is what's causing driving most disease processes. And most of this can be prevented if you a person will just increase their vegetable intake. So the book isn't, I didn't write it to 
make people convert to being a vegan. That is not the goal of my book. The goal of my book was to put the research out there so people could read the research about how their diet creates their health and how when the diet continues down one path, it just creates more and more disease versus health. Or if they eat plants with all these different phytonutrients that your cells need, then you create health and you can continue down that path, right? In research has showed that the standard American diet, which is referred to as SAD, only causes more and more inflammation in the human body as we age. And when you get more and more inflammation as you age, that inflammation is a chronic problem, which is the open doorway for all other health problems to happen. And vegans in studies do not have the level of inflammation that people who eat the SAD have. I mean, the research just goes on and on and on. Of course, I'm not getting into too, too many details. Um, but really, I've, and I've had people who have caught, gotten back to me after reading the book and say, wow, I had no idea about all this information, about how the products that we're eating change your intestinal tract, like all the processed foods and the ones that have emulsifiers in them. They cause inflammation in the intestinal tract. They allow something that's called translocation of bacterial organisms in the intestinal tract to now move out of the intestinal tract into other parts of the body. You know, they affect the immune system. Uh, in fact, a lot of autoimmune problems that people are having, uh, autoimmune problems have been on the rise ever since autoimmune problems were discovered in the 60s. They've only continued to increase to now there's over 100 different autoimmune processes. And a lot of autoimmune problems actually start with somebody's gut because your gut is directly tied to how your immune system functions. And if there is some a state called dysbiosis with unhealthy bacterial organisms living in the large intestines, that causes inflammation. Well, that affects what's called the Treg cells, the T regulation cells. And those Treg cells are what kind of keep boundaries on the immune system and keep the immune system functioning for our bodies and correctly. But when there's dysbiosis in the intestinal tract, it impairs the Treg cells. So you have less Treg cells, which means less regulation of the immune system. And that's when something like autoimmune problems happen. And autoimmune problems are when the immune system is now attacking self tissue, which it, it's not supposed to do. So does that make sense? It kind of all, it all ties in it all. It, it's from one thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, you, you explained it very clearly. Let me ask like a specific question. Are like all vegetables created equal? Are there some vegetables that are better than others? Like, are you saying eat vegetables for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Like, how would you put this into practice beyond obviously, you know, sort of cutting back on some of the other things that are not vegetables that you may be loading your diet with more regularly? Really good questions. Um, yes, you can eat uh, vegetables three times a day. Yes, include vegetables with your breakfast. Include them with your lunch. Include them with your dinner. And or you can even snack on them. You know, snack on um, tomatoes or sugar snap peas or some steamed broccoli. You know, you have that as a snack in the middle of the day. Are vegetables all created equal? There's a chapter in my book, um, phytonutrients and what they are, and the rainbow of phytonutrients. So you do always want to get a variety of the vegetables and make a have a rainbow you know like every week you go to the store buy a rainbow of vegetables buy some purple ones buy some red ones and some um, orange ones and some green ones 
Um, so you'd want that rainbow because the different colors of the vegetables shows you the different phytonutrients in that plant. That's why those plants are the different colors. And if you provide your body with a range of different phytonutrients, you are hitting your cells with everything it needs, right? The full range. You're not sticking to one single thing. Although I will say the cruciferous vegetable, the group of cruciferous vegetables are incredible for you. They have been shown to be even anti-cancer. They help fight cancer, highly anti-inflammatory. And your cruciferous vegetables are things like broccoli, cabbage, um, Brussels sprouts, kale, um, and some of those deep greens are some of the best vegetables you can have. Again, that deep green lets you know that there are some indoles and glucosinolates that are very protective of your cells, very protective of your brain, highly anti-inflammatory, strong antioxidants to fight free radicals. So that's how you get that protection from cancer. And sort of going back to some of this in terms of like, do you consider the herbs to be a supplement? You know, like a lot of people are now told to like supplement with this and supplement with that and take this vitamin or two. So you're, you know, obviously eating the vegetables is helping you get all of this into your diet, right? But then as people go and hear all of this information, oh, you should take this or you should take that. What do you think about like how you figure that piece out, right? Like, okay, I'm going to eat X, Y, Z, but food is still not enough. So then I need to do this. Right. Okay. Um, so all the herbs are also different plants. They're different from vegetables. And so these different plants have different phytonutrients in them. Phytonutrients that we are not getting from vegetables, but amazing phytonutrients. So when I first went into acupuncture college, again, I've had my license for 30 years, there wasn't a heck of a lot of scientific research on the herbs and there was no research on the phytonutrients in plants at that point. But differences for people with a lot of health problems and this is thousands of years ago. So now we do have all this research on these plants, which are not vegetables, but because they're plants, they have phytonutrients those phytonutrients still make a difference to our cells. So you can think of it like this. Plants, like, okay, the plants that I have in my pharmacy, my herb pharmacy, that have antibacterial or antiviral qualities to them, it's because that plant has to protect itself in nature against different bacterial organisms, against different viral organisms. And that's how the plants develop those qualities. These qualities that these plants have to protect themselves against, uh, you know, in nature, or so they can stay alive. But then what they develop, you know, in themselves to fight off pathogens or temperatures or drought, those are what the plant then has and passes on to our bodies, right? So if you think about that, that's why you realize, okay, plants have these different phytonutrients, which are very helpful for us and yet different from vegetables. I don't recommend people just go out and, and take things. Like I have a lot of people that come to me and say, oh, I'm taking ashwagandha and yet they have autoimmune problems. No, absolutely not. You don't take ashwagandha if you have autoimmune problems. It's also very hot in nature. So it can actually cause people to not sleep well. So I recommend you see a professional. You know, I, I kind of liken it to somebody going into a pharmacy. If somebody tells you, hey, just go in the pharmacy and pick out what you want. You know, you get to go in and pick things off the shelf, you know, based in, on the bottles you like because you don't know any, anything else about what's in there. And you go, okay, thanks. And I'm going to leave now. You know, I, I think herbs are definitely the same way. 
talk to a professional who knows what these things do and can help direct you on why you want to take them or why you shouldn't based on what your body is going through. That's very helpful. Um, good. good. Yeah. And good advice, I think, because, you know, I think that is a lot you hear so much these days. And so, you know, and it's hard to vet what, what you hear, right? And like, how would you decide about one thing versus the other? And it is so specific to the individual. Um, right. So I think that was very helpful in terms of explaining those pieces. I want to ask you, which I think we kind of covered, what your top three wellness recommendations are for women. Obviously, vegetables and herbs are in there. Um, is there anything else that like, you think is another sort of key pillar of health. I know you started to touch on it earlier and we talk about it a lot around basically movement, right? Or like a more sedentary lifestyle versus not. Um, but you tell me. Okay. So I actually, I have to make it a list bigger than three because okay. three not enough for the top priorities that every woman should do consistently for themselves every single day. Number one has to be sleep. There is absolutely no replacement for what sleep does for your body. Although, you know, the armed forces have been trying for years. They've been researching, keeping, you know, their uh, soldiers, whatever, sleep deprivation and seeing how they function. But they, they can't make it work. Our bodies need sleep. Your brain needs you to sleep in order to be healthy. Without proper sleep, you end up with inflammation, which can lead to high blood pressure, um, a lot of metabolic resistance, type 2 diabetes, and people and immune, autoimmune problems in people who don't get the sleep that their body requires. And that is a different amount of sleep per person. But sleep is going to be number one. And I know a lot of us have kids and young kids. So sleep gets, you know, kind of pushed off to the side. But it's, it's one of the best things you can do for yourself. Water intake. I hear that most people are not drinking nearly enough water. I like to get my patients up to three liters of water a day, which seems like a lot for some people. But if you just sip it water throughout the day, you can get there. Um, exercise. Hugely important. Uh, you know, what exercise does for your body, if they could put that in a bottle, that would be the world's biggest selling drug, right? It increases your serotonin level, so it keeps you happy. It reduces inflammation, which is great for, you know, keeping all disease processes at bay. It actually helps your liver to break things down because it stimulates your liver process things faster. Um, it's great for your brain. It increases blood circulation to your brain, which means you get more red bloods brought to your brain and more oxygen brought to your brain. So, Exercise has to be number three. And then it is, yes, veg eat more vegetables. And yes, take herbs that you know are going to help you with your specific health issues. That was a good list. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit more about like where people can find you specifically if they want to come see you for more personalized help. Where can they find the book? How do they get more information? Oh, okay, thank you, Tracy. So um, my practice, Ali, which is A-L-I, Ali Optimal Wellness, is in West L.A. Um, my clinic is on National Boulevard in West L.A. And there's a website, Ali Optimal Wellness. And the phone number is on there. Um, you could certainly call our office. My receptionist would be more than happy to help you out, book an appointment. Um, my book, Mostly Vegan, is on Amazon. So it's called Mostly Vegan, The Science Behind Why You Should Eat More Veggies. Most of what I've talked about with the phytonutrients, the rainbow phytonutrients, 
you know, how plants get to have those protective mechanisms they have. All of that is discussed in the book and it goes on, you know, to more details, of course. Um, and there is also a companion cookbook. It's called the Mostly Vegan Cookbook. And it has over 150 recipes. They are mostly all vegan, but it's filled with options. If you have somebody in the family that does not want to eat vegan, there are options to add in many animal proteins to a lot of the meals. And again, there are options. So it gives you options. Great. Um, excellent. Well, thank you for this wealth of information today. That's super helpful. Oh, um, and I think really great practical tips that that anyone could start incorporating at home, right? Um, yep. Yes, you can. All of those, they're, they're just make those little changes and it will make a huge difference. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. <clears throat> and we will, as we always do, reproduce the content from this discussion so that you can read it and follow the links and download the book. Um, and follow up with questions. We love to hear your comments and feedback, and we appreciate everybody listening today. Thank, thank you, Tracy. Yes, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.